Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, episode 42, Feeling a Draft, with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink, and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from show sponsor, and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, LIC. What is that other one? LIV? <laughs> Maybe they have that too. Yeah, LIV, is that what it is? Uh, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up at BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for 125% sign-up bonus. Again, that is BETUS.com. And use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com. And the Bruins had a uh, NHL draft uh, these past two days, and they were able to pick uh, 54. They weren't able to jump back into the first round, as rumored. I feel like every time they trade away their first-round pick, they're ruined to get back into the first round somehow. I don't know if they do this posturing or if they do that to try to show the fan base they're trying to come up with something big, but it seems as though they never do that. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> no, uh, it's it, everything with the Bruins uh, from my experience is talk, you know, yeah. they've been in on all these guys and uh, with the exception of a few little things here and there, or, you know, the hall thing was kind of a mm -hmm. surprise. And again, the second go around was a little bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. Rick Nash was a little bit of a surprise, but other than that, you know, oh, they're in on Tavares. They're in on, you know, so-and-so. They're in on this guy. They're in on this. I mean, does it ever pan out? No, it doesn't. No. Do they ever trade back in and make a substantial trade with draft pick? No, they don't. They they no. pulled a Belichick today and traded out of the third round for a fourth round and a fifth round. And then, a, right. and, you know, so they, <laughs> it's, it's never really, uh, you know, fireworks or anything like that. It's a bunch of small moves that mm. uh are just kind of along the periphery nothing really substantial no. i wouldn't call them risk takers <laughs> no i wouldn't say they i think they're risk averse risk taker no yeah. no not at all uh so they had to pick 54 was their second round pick and it was matthew poitras a center um and how about this from the ohl hey <laughs> branching out maybe yeah. maybe now uh with the with the covid gone you know they can they can travel around a little bit i wonder what their scouting budget is they i heard them talking about this on felger and raz today and they and they said the scouting budget has got to be minuscule because they all the guys they pick are from fucking new england right. you know sure. they're yeah. a connecticut guy or a rhode island guy or a guy who used to play in rhode island or connecticut or massachusetts or maine or you know they're not traveling to the WHL. They picked a guy from the WHL, a goalie by the last yeah. name of Dick. 
Ooh, that, yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah. if we're not making dick jokes on this podcast, no, I, no, no. I, I have a problem with us, honestly. That was the old, that was the other podcast. That was the other podcast. Yeah. But we, I mean, um, I mean, we, I mean, there has to be at least a few dick jokes because oh, I mean, it's, it's just too easy. So we'll have to throw those in at some point. <laughs> right. Um, right. but yeah, I, I feel like they're, they're scouting. They don't really branch out. They kind of stay where they are. Uh, and just pick from from the local guys. I mean, there's a good amount of talent here, but you know, more talent in Canada. Yeah, and I think that with with the pandemic, I'm thinking that that Jeremy Jacobs is like, uh, I'm not spending money on this on the scouting department when you can just sit at home and zoom people and and get all all this. You know, you can Google your your, your heart away. Mm-hmm. You can YouTube your heart away. Why why am I sending you places? Uh, they had two guys rumored. To be after, both had South Kent school ties. I'm like, what are they in the parking lot? Are they just sitting there, like waiting for guys? <laughs> yeah. You know, they had. Remember, remember Mason Lowry's roommate and all this other stuff. Yeah, like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, Mason Lowry's roommate was already on the what it was he with the Providence Bruins or something like that, or yeah, yeah, or he yeah. would he already was, uh, he was he picked. Was, uh, went to Schmals, development right? camp. Yeah, went to development Schmals. camp. Yeah. I think he had had a year at demo- development camp already. He did. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Schmaltz, whatever the hell his name was. Yeah. yeah. Curtis Hall and his roommate were picked. I don't know, whatever. He he roomed with Trevor Kuntar, I think. I mean, it, it was just like, you know, hey, how, who's your roommate? You know? is, is he any good? <laughs> is he any good? Oh, yeah. And you know, you know, friends. I'll be like, hey, my buddy's awesome. Yeah. You know? Oh, we'll take yeah. him. Yeah, let's take him. Uh, so they take Poitras, who models his game after Braden Point and Anthony Sorelli. I hope so. Uh, 21 goals, 50 points in 68 games in his first season in the OHL. One, three, and four, and five playoff games. A good, I guess, you know, and, and this is a crapshoot, and we don't know anything about this guy. But from all I read today, and I read quite a bit as much as I could, mm-hmm. good two way center, yep. you know, smart, very competitive, um, you know, fight for every single puck. That's what I heard, and and that's the thing that I like. They said that he was really energetic, one of the one of the most. Um, energetic players in the draft as far as competing for pucks and uh really aggressive on the forecheck so maybe they're trying to maybe they're trying to get into a more carolina type style where they're real aggressive on the forecheck play with a lot of pace get up and down bang some bodies um so we'll see uh, you know how how the picks kind of go and and whether or not they're kind of trying to to fit an identity or, or something like that and and see how montgomery wants them to play you know, with Krejci gone and then Bergeron, you know, he may come back and because he won't be back for a long time. So I guess it's good right now to make a transition into a different style of play. Uh, so they take a center and they need center depth in the organization without a doubt. And then they take at 117, they take Spicer, a center, Cole Spicer, left shot center, played on the development team, 39 points in 58 games, and he's going to the University of Minnesota Duluth. So another two-way center, you know, who's, you know, hard on pucks and competes and has a little bit of offensive skill. Yeah, I think so. And and by all accounts, he was maybe slotted a little lower at the development team program than maybe he would have liked um, because of, you know, some of the talent around him. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he goes to Duluth. They say he needs to put some weight on that's that's uh, and some strength um, to really round out kind of his professional game. So uh, the college route's a good way to go for that because you don't play a lot during the week. You you know, you play mostly uh, like weekend games and, and stuff like that. 
or, uh, you know, it's a reduced, reduced amount of games in the season. So there's more time to strength train and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. get the nutrition right and that kind of thing. So, um, and do is a great program. So, uh, you know, that it it could have, it could eventually, you know, pay off for them. You know, they, they definitely need the center depth. So, um, hopefully, you know, at least one of these guys pans out. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, they did have 91, uh, failed to mention, and they traded 91 to get 117 and 132 from Seattle. So that's how they get 117 and Spicer. And then 119, it took another center, three centers in a row, Dons Lachmelis, a Latvian, uh, or played Latvian junior hockey in Sweden. A Latvian who played junior yeah, hockey in Sweden. Correct. Right? Yeah. He was a yeah. Latvian player who who played junior hockey in Sweden. He moved to Sweden at fifteen years old, like David Postnark did, to play mm-hmm. junior hockey in Sweden. So that's a nice uh well, you know that's a nice little tie in. Um uh he had eighteen goals and thirty four points in forty four games in junior. He played two games in the Swedish Elite League, uh, with no points. Um, but as a young kid, you know, that's that's asking kind of a lot. So um I'm not sure what the plan is for him if he's gonna play uh, stay over overseas and, and play over there a little bit more before he comes over to North America and, and plays, you know, at, uh, you know, at the, I don't know if it would be AHL or, or, uh, right. you know, the ECHL or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what their plans are for him probably to stay in Sweden. I would, I would think at least for another year or two, uh, and then come over. Uh, so again, you know, um, decent size. I think he's six feet. So, He's got seems like some offensive skill. They all seem to have a a pretty good you know amount of pace. They all skate pretty well. So maybe they they're starting to find uh, you know a pattern of guys that they like. You know playmaking types with some creativity that skate well that that compete. I mean that's right. kind of what you want. So um, like I said, hopefully hopefully one of these guys pans out. Yeah, I mean you're looking at three guys who you probably won't see anywhere near the Bruins organization for probably three years anyway. Yeah. But, um, but you know what I think about Poitras getting back to Poitras, he, he looks a little like Mike Ribeiro on there. And when he was, I was watching this, the, you know, sort of the video and stuff, he mm-hmm. kind of his body type and his whole, like, he just kind of reminded me of Mike Ribeiro. Now Mike Ribeiro is a good, good player. I didn't like him. No, he's a good player. I mean, he's kind of a dank, but yeah. he's a good center. Yeah. And if he can be Mike Ribeiro, then I'm, I'll be fine with it. I was just going to say, if he's Mike Ribeiro, that's a, yeah. that's a gigantic that's a W. Pick to get a second round pick that plays that amount of games with that kind of production. And he was kind of a dink. He was kind of a Marchand esque player, you know, kind of a, you know, get under your skin rat type guy. Um, But he had talent and he was pretty good. So if he, if he wants to be that guy, I mean, that's fine. Or if he wants to be Braden point, even better, even better. (laughs) Or if he wants to be Anthony Sorelli and be a perennial, you know, Selkie candidate with, uh, with some offensive production, you can do that too. Any of those guys would be perfectly fine with yeah, me. <laughs> it's what guys were lower down the draft. Like point was a third round guy. Yeah, it was a lower down the draft. Yeah, Sorelli. Sorelli wasn't a first round guy. I don't think either. No, no, yeah. I don't think so. Uh, all right, now to one thirty-two. The other pick they got from Seattle, and I think of all the of all, out of all the guys, I'm kind of most intrigued about this guy, uh, Frederick Brunet. He's a defenseman, six-two, one eighty-five. Played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League with Ramuski. 12 goals, 34 assists, and 46 points in 63 games. He trains with Patrice Bergeron in Quebec in the offseason. Yes, he does. He's from and, Quebec. Yep. Yeah. And this guy has some ability. I, 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 I'm intrigued by this guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if this guy 
was the best of the group. I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I really like this pick a lot. Um, the fact that he trains with Bergeron in the offseason can only be a plus. I mean, right. training with him, you can only learn good things. You're only going to learn good habits. You're not going to learn any bad habits. Uh, you're going to learn how to be a professional. So just being around the guy in the offseason, you know, as a sponge, I think can only help you. And then, you know, being a 6'2 guy, 185, with some offensive skill as a defenseman, um, as long as his skating is is up to speed and I have no idea because I've never seen him play before. No idea what his skating is like, but um, you know, some offensive upside, a big body. Um, you know, I, I like to pick a lot and, and hopefully, hopefully he's uh he turns into a, a player. You know, that's a really good production for a guy in Quebec juniors. I and mean, that's a good league. It is a good a league. Lot of, yeah. I mean, Sidney Crosby played for Mouski. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good league. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he's putting up pretty good numbers as a defenseman. So um, I'm kind of intrigued by that one. 183, Smitty's favorite pick. Reed Dick. Reed Dick. Uh, <laughs> Reed Dick, you less. <laughs> uh, goalie, really athletic, inconsistent as hell. Bad save percentage, 884 on a bad team. Uh, I think his goals against was 4.26. Yep. In, in 23 games, he's ranked eighth in uh, in North American goalies. This is his first season in WHL. I guess he's kind of freakishly athletic yep. in a real project. And I will say this. The Bruins have had some success in developing goalies. So I think that's the right organization. I think they have a good grasp on how to develop goalies. They do in the past. And, and uh, you know, who knows? I mean, this guy is definitely a project. Yeah. I mean, Bob Essenza has a, has a good reputation around the league as a, as a, you know, goalie developing coach. And uh, they have developed goalies here um, and traded them off to other organizations. And, you know, they, they do seem to have a pretty good pipeline coming through here of, of guys who can play. And, um, you know, Essenza seems to develop them pretty well. He is freakishly athletic from what I hear, he's, he's had some unbelievable stretches and then some really bad stretches where he'll let in like a soft or really soft goal or he'll, he won't be focused and he'll go through like a bad stretch or he won't make a big save at a timely moment. I think it's just consistency and goalie development's a weird thing. Like, I feel like you just need experience, especially in goaltending with just seeing you know, as many pucks as you can see. So I think it's different for goalies, but I think some take longer than others. And this guy being as athletic and big, I think he's six, four. So being as athletic as he is and as big as he is, um, you know, if he can get some consistency to his game, um, could be a steal late in the, late in the draft for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so now you can close the books on that Daniel Vlajar trade. They got the third round pick from Calgary. They turn that into 117 and 132. So they they get Cole Spicer and uh, Frederick Brunet uh, for Daniel Vladar essentially. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that plays out. It was an excellent trade then. It could be an even better trade coming down the pipeline. All right, and then 200. Jackson Edward, no relation to Jack Edwards. Defenseman <laughs> 6-2 from Ontario, ranked 123 North American skaters, so some decent value there, I guess. Uh, so only six points, but this guy is kind of a you know rugged, a little bit nasty, under-disciplined guy, 51 penalty minutes in 54 games. Um, does have sort of a nastiness to him. So maybe, I mean, that's gotten a lot of guys' jobs in the past, low-round draft picks, yeah. especially defensemen. So maybe maybe that's the path for him. 
Yeah, if you can come in as a as a low round guy and and be a shutdown defenseman and 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 you know eat up some minutes so your top four guys aren't on the ice all the damn time. Like I feel like you could, you know, and you want those guys to be not necessarily low round picks, but you want them to be low paid players that you can that you can bring in and just kind of you know move them in and out as you see fit. So if you get a guy back there who's going to be uh, steady and stable and a little bit nasty and mean. We've been talking about this a little bit. I think that's what you want on your third pair. You want that that type of player. Uh, his favorite player growing up was Zdeno Chara. Mm. So that's good. Yeah. And then because Chara was his favorite player, he started liking the Bruins. And his favorite player now is Brad Marchand. So okay. he said he'd like to be uh, a combination of both, which, okay, <laughs> fine. Do, do that. Be a be a be a fantastic shutdown defender with some offensive skill and a little bit of rat in you. Sign yeah. me up. Sign yeah, me that, up. That can get you a job in the NHL. Absolutely sure. can. Size and yeah, absolutely. It'll get you. If Josh Brown can play in the NHL, so can you. <laughs> um, all right, Seven Chirps time. Sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code Sports to get ten percent off your online order. Just go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing. On social media for new beers and events. Chirps number one. Uh, Jake DeBrusque rescinds his trade request. Kind of a shock. Not really a shocker. Uh, did the Bruins actually pick Jake over Cassidy? Certainly seems like it, doesn't it? Boy, doesn't it, though? I mean, I'm people poo-poo, and it probably is not the case. But, boy, it seems like it. Like, almost immediately after Cassidy's gone, Jake's all full of piss and vinegar. Let's play. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was directly just Jake, but it might have been the players in general, like mm-hmm. toning Cassidy out, you know, the, mm-hmm. the message is kind of falling on deaf ears, you know, whatever it was, you know, they got tired of his act of, you know, taking things to the press and whatnot. And, you know, like we said before, you know, coaches shelf life's about seven years after that, it, you know, the message kind of gets stale and runs out. And it, it seems like maybe, uh, it, it happened with the players, uh, and, you know, Jake certainly was at the forefront of that. Yeah. I mean, it, and the thing about teams, sometimes it takes one guy to take the step and then the mutiny begins. Right. You know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. Jake DeBrus says, you know what? I'm out of here. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I mean, he's, he's worn thin. I don't like him calling me out so forth and so on. And then this guy says, Oh, you know what? Jake's Jake's going to, you know, a trade request. Maybe, you know what? He's right. You know, and then you build up this team behind you of people who don't like it either. And now you go to the exit interviews and you say, and, and to a man, everybody says, yeah, you know, Cassie's pretty tough on us. And yeah, the morale's down and, and Bergies might be leaving and we're not sure what's happening. You know, that, that all probably comes together. And now you've got some mutiny there. And I think that Neely finally said, like, we just can't have so much of it. And we have to move on, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's kind of how it played out. And Sweeney, of course, caught off guard, you know, hit with a sucker punch. And now he has to scramble and get a coach. So I think that that's, I think there's some truth to it. I don't think they said, okay, it's either Jake or Cassidy because no, I mean, Jake's not that valuable no. to be that way. If it's Pasternak, then, you know, maybe, yeah, but not DeBrusque. But it is kind of strange how it, right after it, Jake's all, all gung-ho. Let's play. Mm-hmm. So, um, chirp number two, Ty Anderson says that DeBrusque probably didn't like being buried at left wing and the opportunity to play right wing is more appealing. Now, this I buy 
almost more so than the Cassidy thing. Like, I'm sure he was done with Cassidy. But he's on a left wing with Marchand and Hall in front of him. So if he's going to play his natural wing, it's third line. And that's not what that's not where DeBrusque is going to produce with Charlie Coyle at center or right. whoever, Halla, whoever. So I think that that's more likely that seeing the handwriting on the wall and those guys here for a while, he'd never get there. So I buy that. Yeah, I, I definitely buy that. And and I think that's wasn't a spot where he saw himself. He sees himself right. as a top six forward. Right. So playing, you know, third line left wing really wasn't where he wanted to be. So hence the trade request, uh, you know, then they put him at first line right wing. He starts to produce. They sign him to the extension. You know, his coach that he can't stand is gone. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah, I want to, I'll stay here. Sure. I don't yeah. need to, I don't need right. to be traded. I'm cause he, he sees it too. He's like, I'm going to play on the first line with Martian and, and Bergeron. Right. Of course I'm going to put points up. Of course right. I am. Because everyone that is in that spot does, unless you're an absolute stiff. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think that played a uh, that played a part in it as well. You know, you're getting first line minutes with two of the best players in hockey. You certainly, you know, the grass isn't always greener somewhere else. No. You know, you you no. get traded to, you know, Seattle or Edmonton. You're playing with Maddie Beniers or you're playing with you know Kyler Yamamoto or something like. Right, and you're a minus thirty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. And I and we said this back on the podcast episodes ago mm-hmm. when this was whole all coming down. And I said, look, the best case scenario for Jake is to stay right here and not get traded to Seattle and then struggle. And then he's his contract is up. He's got to sign his next big deal and his production's down. His the best case scenario for him is to play on this top wing, top line for the rest of the year. Yeah, and, and produce played out for him. Yeah. You know, it did. So now he sees Marshand out for a bit. I can be top line left wing sure. at the beginning of this year. So I, I you know, I, I don't I don't blame him for changing his opinion on it. I just I don't love to see the whole trade request thing. I'll give the players credit. They were supportive of him the whole time. Through. They were. Yeah. You know, from the top to bottom. Like typically a guy does that and you just completely leave him in the corner. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, it, they, they were behind him. It, it really shows how good of a room they have there and, and the, the quality of leadership they have that they're not going to, you know, write a guy off and exclude a guy just because he, you know, made a business decision for, you know, his best inter- in his best interests. So, uh, yeah, it really shows how, how good of a room they have. Yeah, no question. Uh, chirp number three looks like Joe Sacco, Chris Kelly, Bob Asenza, all will remain on the staff. So Jim Montgomery not hiring his own guys. How do you feel about that? I don't love it, honestly. I don't either. I, I mean, if you're if part of your thing is you needed to hear a different voice with Cassidy, right. don't you need to shake up the assistants a bit? You do. You can't just fire one guy like Sacco's been here. Like Kelly hasn't been there as long. So I could see Kelly staying maybe, but right. I mean, to me, Montgomery should be able to pick his own guy. And goalie Bob, I don't think he's there really. I mean, he's in practice, but I don't like, he's not, he's not as much of a, um, he doesn't deal with the, the full team as much. So it's more of a, you know, one-on-one type of thing with just the goalies, you know, it's a couple players. So, um, to me, like it'd be fine if he stayed and then Montgomery hired, you know, his offensive and defensive coaches and, you know, whatever the power play staff or whatever it is. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, 
the thing about Saka was we thought he would be the one fired. Right. And he remains. And I'm not sure, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not questioning whether Joe Saka is a good coach. I'm sure he is. I mean, and he has been, I mean, fine. But just like Cassidy, there's a time when you need to move on from your assistance. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to let him go. The power play stunk mm-hmm. toward the end. I mean, it's just time to revamp the thing. Give Jim Montgomery a chance to hire a legitimate assistant. Like a you know, Joe Sacco's, you know, pro- probably the first guy behind the head coach. I mean, he's been there mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. Like he's, he's a top assistant. It's, it's, that's a good place to give Jim Montgomery a guy that he can go with and roll with. And I just don't, I just can't believe he stayed because I thought there was every indication that that, that was an easy fire. Yeah. I don't understand why he's still there. I agree with you. Um, all right. Number four, Nazem Kadri, possibly linked to the Bruins. There's been talk about it. Could command eight to $10 million per year at 32 years old. Should the Bruins make significant moves to sign Kadri? All right. Number one, I don't believe this for a second. I don't think the Bruins are in on him at all. I don't think no. they have the money to do it. Um, he's an older player. So I just, I don't see it happening at all. Would I do it if I have the cap space or if I could create some space? Yeah, I would. He's, he's productive. He competes. Um, would I give him 10 million? No. Would I give him 9 million? No. Would I give him eight times eight? No. Would I give him eight times seven, eight times six? Probably. I mean, he's a productive player. He's kind of a little bit of a head case, but he seemed to have cleared that up a little bit with with Colorado. You kind of wonder whether or not the production increase is because he was on that Colorado team that was an absolute wagon. So there's that part of it too. Um, But he was a good player in Toronto, um, and they need centers. I mean, that's that's where it comes down to for me. They need centers. They need guys in the middle who are productive, can make plays, and they, you know, if, if Bergeron goes or Krejci doesn't come, like, they don't have any of those guys. So you need them from somewhere. So if right. centers are available, I'm looking at all of them. I don't care who it is. My personal preference still right now to this day, if you're looking to grab somebody, is Vincent Trocheck. I think you go get him. He competes. He's younger. He produced with Carolina. Um, so to me, that's the guy that I would want personally but um you know if he's going somewhere else or whatever it is like i'm looking at any centers available if i'm the bruins mm. my caveat with Kadri is 87 points this year only 60 points once before then um like you said he would come here and play with probably with hall and Pasternak. so that's he'll continue to play with really good players yeah. really good goal scorers so mm-hmm. so th- there's that 32 years old scares me a bit mm-hmm. and Typically, you are what you are, and he's missed postseasons because of suspensions. You can't do that if you're an $8 million, $9 million player. Right. You can't do that anymore. So hopefully that's out of his system. He can't – does it take away some of his edge? I don't know. Um, I'd rather go Trocheck like you because just the youth. I mean, you, you know, that's a lot of money for Kadri who – Typically, I I believe that you are what you are stats-wise, mm-hmm. and I think he's more 60 points than 80. Yeah. So that's what scares me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a lot of commitment with Parsonar coming up. Yeah. And you need another center too. No, I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they have all kinds of issues, all kinds yeah. of issues. But but to me, like, if you're looking at centers, like, that's a productive center that you could, yeah. you know, that you could put in there, and you wouldn't have to trade guys off your current roster to get. So. Right. You know, to well, me, imagine Kadri and Marshan on the same line, like 
<laughs> just pestering people yeah. and being yeah, wow just licking That's people and boarding them and slew footing them and oh spitting God. in their faces uh, oh yeah it'd be That's, tremendous content it would be <laughs> tremendous hockey uh chart rubber five john sweeney now says bergeron is considering playing what happened here <laughs> when i saw this i i i was just like are you fucking shitting me yeah like we went from he's coming back to now, like we've had good conversations and he's considering it. What? What? I mean, at some point, again, I'm going to bring it up again. At some point, this, this is hurting the team because you have to make a decision. Is the guy coming back or not? I mean, we're almost into rookie development camp. Like it's almost like the season begins like in two months. Like you got to figure it out. Because if he doesn't come back, then you're screwed anyway. But you're yeah. definitely screwed if he doesn't come back. So there has to be some indication. To me, it's another case of Don Sweeney being risk averse. He won't even say anything no. that's risky. Like he won't even say, we wishy washy, crazy. Yeah, you know, he's in a real positive place and no real indication yet. But, you know, it, it, we're still in talks with him. Give me something. Give me something that was said today, Pasternak, with the Pasternak negotiations. Yeah. We didn't really talk money. What the fuck did you talk about? Yeah. Like, what did you talk about with him? Life. We, we, we like him. Like, it, I immediately thought of Chris Farley in that SNL skit. Yeah. Oh, hey, David Pasternak, he's awesome. <laughs> hey, David, you, know. you, remember, you remember when you scored that hat trick? <laughs> last year that was awesome <laughs> i mean like i mean i just make a decision make something happen i don't just do something hey like, david you remember when we were we were at the the outdoor game at lake tahoe and you had those cool shades on and the and the yellow retro reverse retro jerseys and we scored a lot of goals against the flyers and then you listen to barbie girl in the in the, in the post-game locker room that was awesome. <laughs> you know those Dunkin' Donuts commercials? I go to Dunkin' Donuts every day now because of those commercials. That was awesome. <laughs> David, you're an excellent spokesman for Dunkin' Donuts. I really believe in all those ads. What the hell you are do you talk awesome. about? Like his agent must have been like, well, we didn't talk about money. I'm not sure what the fuck we had this meeting for. Yeah. Wow, David, geez. your Instagram, you know what? Your wife is beautiful, David. Oh she is God. awesome. She's awesome. <laughs> She's awesome. She's awesome. We'll sign her to it. All right. Uh, Chair number six, Colin White was bought out by the Ottawa Senators and is available as a center at a cheap money. He played at BC. He's from the Boston area. Do the Bruins go with a low risk route with this guy? Sure. Why not? He's a center. (laughs) Bring him in. Right. I want I want a roster of like 16 centers and Marshan and Pasenak. Yeah. Uh, maybe, Maybe 15 centers. Marshan Pasternak and Hall, and and you know we'll just figure it out. Just load up at the center position yeah. so you never have this problem again. That's right. Yeah, Colin White. Here was my initial thought on it. You know why not? And I know there's some some no movement and some trade lists that have to go by. I think there's an eight team uh, no trade list or something that Coyle will have to come up with. But why not trade Charlie Coyle? See what you can get for him and sign Colin White short money. Mm-hmm. And now you play Colin White at third line center, you know, and then you take the money, you know, get a draft pick or a prospect or both for a coil. Yeah. And then you save that money, that five and a half, whatever mm-hmm. he's making. And then you have some money in the pool and you have Colin White, which, you know, look, it's not going to be that much of a drop off. You know I mean? You're talking about a 40 point guy in, in Charlie Coyle. Right. I, mean, I, I agree with you. Money. 
I agree. Honestly, you know what? I, I I didn't I didn't think about about it that way. I was like Colin White, like he's not better than Arakala, and he's like he's not really better than Charlie Coyle, but it's close. I didn't really think about it that way, but you know what? If they were to do that, I'm all I'm all in because you know, like you said, you save the money on Coyle's contract. You can get White, I believe, for cheaper than than five million or five sure. and a half, Go whatever. Ahead. So Please. um, yeah, yeah I, I I I think that's a you know probably be a good move for them they won't yeah, do it of course three yeah you know, if you gave them three million for one year like a prove it to me kind of thing you save a couple million bucks and you get a tr- pick a prospect whatever yeah. get a hungry player and then, yeah i mean i just I, I don't know i to me there's no talk about charlie coyle being moved and i think that coyle is a guy you could move I yeah mean, but he's from weymouth this isn't the you know what i mean but, but he's from weymouth <laughs> right, right. Hey, Boston's closer to Way- than Weymouth is, right? I mean, it's Colin White's in the back. I mean, they didn't they didn't trade Wagner. They no, just sent him to the minors. They didn't. Walpole's very own. Yeah, Chris Wagner. I don't think you. I don't think you're. Are they allowed to trade Boston guys if you're on the Bruins? I don't think so. Did they trade Jeff Lazaro? Ryan Donato was traded. Oh, right? that's true. But yeah, Ryan Donato was traded for Charlie Coyle. Yeah, right. so they so got a Boston guy, guy in return. Yeah, yeah, so you got to get a Boston guy in return. So they yeah, could yeah. Share, they could trade Charlie Coyle to like New Jersey for Miles Wood. Yes, yes, that's a trade you can make because you can't be you can't have too few. It's like international basketball; you have to have a couple of Americans. Right. You have to have a couple of Massachusetts. You guys do, on the team. yeah, at all times. Tell you what, I love Miles Wood's game. So if they want to get Miles Wood, I'm I'm in. And there's been whispers about Miles Wood, I feel, for the last three or four years. Like, you know what? He's, I, from what it looks like, though, he stinks against everybody else, and he's awesome he against us. He does. And Charlie Coyle stinks against a bunch of teams, except <laughs> for a couple. So. so maybe if he played for us, Miles Wood, though, he would turn into that power forward that, that right. we want him to be because he would be like with the Bruins all the time. Right. So there you go. Maybe maybe it's the guy nice. Yeah. Um, all right. And trip number seven, David Parsonark was not featured in the team calendar. He is under contract. Isn't this kind of interesting? Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Because he's, he's I, I can see if he was a UFA. Like Bergeron's not on it either. I get it. But the guy's under contract for next year. Like, why? And he's your biggest star. Like, why wouldn't you put him on the calendar? Yeah. Right? So yeah. There must be like a, so this, what they're thinking is then we might have to trade this guy. It, it, that's what it, that's I mean, if you want to, if you want to read the, you know, the tea leaves, if you want to play some right. conspiracy stuff based on, you know, season ticket packages and whatnot, I mean, there's, Why wouldn't he be on it? Like somebody, so somebody said on the season ticket package that he was on that, but on the season ticket package. Yeah. Right. But not on the, not on the team calendar schedule. I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe it just didn't fit in the, in the space provided or whatever. But um, yeah, it, it is a little interesting to me because he's your most marketable, bankable guy, right. especially with Marshand and McAvoy out at the beginning of the season and no Bergeron. Like right. who else have people coming to see? It certainly isn't Eric fucking Holla or Charlie yeah. Coyle. You know, maybe maybe three or four people from Weymouth it will be, but you know, right. for the majority of the people they're coming to see Pasternak score goals. There's twelve months in the calendar. Yeah. You mean to tell me there's twelve players <laughs> that are more worthy than David Pasternak <laughs> to be on the freaking calendar? Like I don't I mean I mean it's nitpicky, but my god almighty, like what are we doing? 
Um, all right, random throwback draft time. We're going to do it a little differently right now. Okay. We're, we're going to take the numbers that the Bruins picked at this year. Okay. And we're going to see the history of the Bruins, if they ever picked at that number and who they received, and then the best player in NHL history picked at that number. Okay. I feel like a game show host. Yeah. Um, all right. Number 54. They took Poitras this year. Back in 1996, they took Mattias Carlin. Who? Zero, zero NHL games. Okay. So that's why I don't know who it is. Yeah. 54th. Yeah. 1974, Tom Eater played 158 games in NHL, none for the Boston Bruins. Excellent. The two guys. The best player in NHL history that I saw picked at 54 of all time, Duncan Keith, who just retired. Just retired and, and, and probably will be a Hall of Famer, I, I, I think. I would assume. Yeah. I mean, he's over 1,000. Yeah. And he's had, what, three cups? Yeah. Right, and he was drafted in two thousand two, so twenty years. Yeah, uh, it's a, almost to the day. Yeah, really, it's a long career. It is. Hundred and seventeenth, the Bruins took Spicer this year. Mm-hmm. Back last year, they had one hundred seventeen. They took Philip Svedback, a goaltender, in twenty twenty one. The only time they've picked one seventeen, so oh. two years in a row. Wow, uh, the best one seventeen ever, Brett Hull, nineteen eighty four. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you think Cole Spicer will be Brett Hall? <laughs> uh, no. Smedback. <laughs> no, I think he'll be, yeah. even though he doesn't play goalie, I think he'd be closer to Smedback. <laughs> He's than... a better goalie than a right wing like Brett Hall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's going to uh, score 700 goals. I'm just God. throwing it out there. Oh. He was, Brett Hull was the one-timer in his office before David Parsonak. He was the yeah. original oh, yeah. one-timer. Uh, Adam Oates, addition a lot of those. No, no, no. 119, the uh, the Bruins selected, who the hell they selected at 119? It was uh, Luck, Luck Mellis, yeah. the Latvian fella. Mm-hmm. Um, at 119, back in 2018, they took Curtis Hall, who's still in the organization somewhere. I guess still has a glimmer of hope mm-hmm. four years ago. 1987, Mac Glennon, the left wing, three NHL games with the Bruins from Archbishop Williams High School, right down the street in Quincy. Of course, of course he was. <laughs> it goes back that far. The love affair. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Yeah. <laughs> 1981, Bruce Milton was from Brookline High School. <laughs> Zero NHL games. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Milton, uh, 1978, Murray Skinner. I'm sure he's probably from Somerville. Zero NHL games. Can't Cam Neely step in and be like, stop taking fucking guys from Massachusetts, you motherfucker. Stop it. Stop it. Why, what are we doing? Uh, isn't he from like Western Canada, Neely? Isn't he he's from like British Columbia? Yeah, like yeah. Vancouver or something. Yeah, he's out that way. Yeah. Can we pick he's some guys from fucking Canada, some from right. Vancouver? Not from Milton or Brookline or no. Cambridge. <laughs> Can no. we stop taking guys from fucking Massachusetts, please? Uh, is Bishop Williams still a high school? It's not, is it? I don't think so. I have no idea. No, I know. Um, so the best 119 ever was Ron Hextall, 1982. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. 132 Bruins took Frederick Brunet this year. 1996, they took Eliash. Abrahamson, a defenseman, zero <laughs> NHL games. A pattern going on here. Yeah, zero. 
Uh, the best. <laughs> where, was, where was he from? <laughs> Belmont. <laughs> yeah, 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 Ellie, yeah. The Abrahamsons from from Wakefield. Yeah, the, the Wakefield Abrahamsons. Oh, the Wakefield. Yeah, I was confused with the Belmont Abrahamsons. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't confuse them. That's the other yeah. side. That's right. That, right. That's the other side of of the North Shore. Yeah, that's Patrick um, Abrahamson. The best one thirty two. It wasn't a great crop. Two thousand five. It was Darren Helm. The he was Red good, Wings. Good. Uh, bottom six guy. Yeah, good bottom six guy. When they had good teams. Yeah, good real good teams. Sixes. Real good teams. <laughs> um, 183. The Bruins didn't do dick at 183 <laughs> this year. Well, they did do dick. Read dick this year at 183. <laughs> <laughs> we had to get the other dick, dick jokes in there. Uh, do you want to see my dick? Yeah, picked him 183rd. <laughs> 133rd. Yeah, an, an athletic dick. Oh, he's uh, definitely an athletic dick. Oh yeah, he's actually a, he's actually a big athletic dick. He is six four. Yeah, that's what you want, right? Yeah, six four. That's a that's big. six six four is is bigger than six, average. Four is the bigger than the average. Yeah, average average. like five and change, right? Yeah, five and change. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hundred eighty three. So in two thousand and three, the Bruins took Nate Thompson, who's still in the league. Yeah. Uh, with the Flyers, 844 NHL games. Uh, the best, 1983, Kelly Miller just eked out Nate Thompson with 1,057 games wow. drafted by the Rangers uh, in 1983. Uh, 2000, uh, 200, pick number 200. This year, the Bruins picked 200, and they took Jackson Edward. Uh, they have never picked 200 before today. Mm-hmm. And the best 200... Draft pick was 2005, Sergey Kostitsin. Oh, fuck that guy. Of the uh, Canadian. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck, fuck that guy for sure. Um, so, yeah, so that's the rundown of all the picks, the numbers that the Bruins picked, and the history behind those numbers. So hopefully one of those guys, somebody, gives them something because they haven't had a guy play in the NHL um, in the last, now this is the fifth draft. So 2017 was the last draft that anyone played in the NHL. So the last four drafts they have, nobody has debuted yet. Wow. So at some point, I mean, Johnny Beecher will probably break that trend. When was Swayman picked in 17? 17. Yeah. Yeah. 17 was Vakanine and okay. Swayman. Yeah. Um, so they, they have, but 2018 and, 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 you know, to, to keep it real, the, um, not a lot of guys in the league drafted since 2018 have played in the league. Okay. I mean, it's been a long development time for all those drafts. So there's not, there's not, it's not like they passed on seven guys who are playing right now. Right. So um, we do want to say that, but these last four drafts, they've got to get a couple guys out of there mm-hmm. at least. Um, or then, you know, another two, three, four years down the road, this is going to be a real dead spot which they can't have. And Sweeney to, you know what? He hasn't been as bad a drafter, but if you look at 2015 and this, this business, 2015, eight guys played in the NHL. Like there's been some drafts there where guys played in the NHL, especially in the lower rounds, but he gets crushed for 2015. And these last four drafts here, you need somebody. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, he deserves everything he gets for 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 2015, just because of who was available at the spots that he picked. He had three in a row. There was no reason 
to go as far off the board as he went. So he deserves right. everything he gets for 2015. For some of the other stuff, I mean, like you said, there's there's been some guys that, you know, haven't been some real strong drafts, you know, where the Bruins have picked and so forth. So, you know, I, I guess you can, you know, I'm, I still don't like the guy and I don't think he drafts well. So, um, but I guess, you know, you could give him, you know, a partial pass or whatever if you want to. I'm not going to, but if you want to, you can. He's below average, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and the free agent signings have been below average as a whole. The trades have been slightly above lately. And the in the re-signing of his own players has been above. Yeah, I would so I would agree is, with all of that. Yeah, so there's two, but there's two very important as, aspects that are below, <laughs> and that's that's not great. Uh, all right, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on YouTube. Download the Inside the Rink app. July 13, free agency begins, and that's when Pasternak can potentially re-sign with the Bruins. So I think that'll happen fairly quickly or a decision will be made fairly quickly uh, with Pasternak right around that time. Um, And Inside the Rink is going to have a new subscription service with added content, added podcast content and so forth. So check that out at InsideTheRink.com. And that'll do it. That'll do it for this episode of Inside the Rink. Are we on Inside the Rink? <laughs> Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you later. Catch you next time. I'm, I'm <laughs>